Welcome to the Fruit Punch Podcast. My name's Lucas, and I'm with my producer, Mama Ray, and we got stuff to talk about. So, I, I wanted to throw this at you, Lucas. The They got a piece of news out there that says a dolphin skull was found in someone's luggage. I, That's I'm ridiculous. Sorry. It blows my mind. I mean, Customs saw this in their x-rays at the, at the Detroit Metropolitan Airport. And they decided to open it. And I guess the possession of wildlife items of protected animals is prohibited. But I don't know. What do you think about this? I got two questions. Uh, one, where did they get the skull? And two, how many other skulls do they have and of what? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Because <laughs> so, this can't be the first time they've done this. Well, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service uh, confiscated the skull. Of course they're they They're investigating, but there's literally nothing out there about that. And I just wanted to know if anybody out there knew more about it than we do. So I don't have a lot to say about it, but I'm hoping somebody has a clue. Because sure. I am interested. The other story, though, that really got me is in England, police said they foiled the extravagant plot to steal Cadbury chocolates. I think that that's hilarious because Cadbury's are so cherished during the uh, Easter season, especially in England. What does it say there? Yeah, it says 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs? He stole an entire fucking semi-truck. What in the and world? And what is he going to do with them? He's going to sell them for an upgraded price how uh, is he for early do that? Easter treats. How, what is he? Oh, my God. I just don't even. $48,000 worth of Cadbury chocolate. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. And then they, they apparently they used a metal grinder to break through the gate and and into the truck, according to them, the AP wire said, and the, uh, this is crazy. I guess it's the West America Police Police tweeted, along with cream eggs, a number of other chocolate varieties were stolen. But yeah, in all, it was $48,000 worth of chocolate. I think that's so silly. And, uh, Big ups to the boy pool who uh, ended up doing that because so, he's entering a guilty plea and expected to be sentenced next month, which I imagine will be a number of years. Okay, my question, though, is is it what was he? I mean, if, if you could use your entire imagination, uh, I what guaran- would you do with 200000 I cabbies? guarantee you he was going to sell them for a bigger price so that people could get them quicker because they don't get released until March or so because of Easter. And so once you have that truck full of e- eggs... You're going to take them and sell them to people. That's I, it. It's a sales thing. And I, I know it's sacrilege, but I don't even like them. Well, I don't either. That's the thing. But I, I know that they're cherished, and that's why they'd be so worthy of sales. I think that the guy had the right idea. He just got caught. Um. Oh, I see. You're Googling, why do people get the eggs? Well, I'm curious as to what it is. Hey, go back up. Like- I'll read that. Uh, the most satisfying part of eating any candy-coated chocolate is crunching through the sugary shell, revealing the creamy encapsulated chocolate. Many eggs are distinctive in the matte finish of their candy coating, different from the glossy finish of M&M's and other candies. Oh, so it's like people love it's the texture. ooze. It's the texture thing. It's like going into it. It's like you I know have... when you cut them open, and I'm a vegetarian, dude. Yeah, they have a, like a yolk. Open, it looks like an egg, and it grosses me. Yeah. And well... I don't want to lick that. And not that, and I know it's stupid. So before anybody starts sending me any kind of like you're an idiot stuff, oh, it's fondant. I, filled. I know this, but it still looks like a freaking. That's the thing, though, is like you and me, we don't like fondant. That's that's what it is. Yeah, I don't. Well, it's not even. Well, no, I don't care for fondant. fermented and banana leaves. Yeah, those eggs are fermented. West African cocoa. 
That yeah. sounds like uh, uh, one bad for the environment and two like slavery. <laughs> no, no. Because I bet you they get it at a freaking pennies on the dollar from West Africa. Oh, I know they do, but it's yeah. an American-owned company. Cadbury American is... American-owned British Cadbury. What in the world? Yeah, and I had no idea they were made out of West African cocoa. It's like a whole... Leaves. That's like a whole thing. It's weird. It tastes like sugar. Uh, yeah, that's very true. It, Unique I... and delicious because of special crispiness. Good. So what would be your perfect Easter basket? Perfect Easter basket probably includes, like, Chef Boyardee ravioli. Uh, maybe, like, uh, a set of paper towels and underwear. Uh, what else? Uh, like, a raw steak, maybe. Um, perhaps a baker's dozen of donuts. Anything that's not, like, traditional Easter treats, because... Another interesting fact about Cadbury cream eggs is the UK Cadbury cream eggs are actually banned here in the U.S. I, I'm blown away. So in 2015, um, they banned the eggs made in the U.S. from being imported to the United States. It started when Hershey Corporate filed a lawsuit alleging that what? Cadbury copied an already existing Hershey oh, chocolate on. egg look, recipe. Can you look up the Hershey's chocolate egg and see what that? That's the deal. I've seen it, but they're Cadbury. What? Oh, I mean, it's like a chocolate filled with fondant. I guess I get it, right? But well, like, I'm sure it is. Get to the bottom of the sticky mess. <laughs> yeah, it cannot import any uh, Cadbury. Oh, eggs go back up. I saw the I saw the Hershey eggs. Yep, there's your Hershey eggs. See those? That's not even. That's a. It's a shiny coating. It's not even a matte coating. I uh, literally. That's so stupid because they don't have the cream inside. Well, it's just capitalism. Capitalism. So yep. Hershey, apparently Hershey's dominates the U.S. chocolate market. Of course it does. It's a monopoly. And uh, you have to accommodate Hershey's because of the power they hold. Ugh. I hate that because, yeah. like, that, <laughs> it means so much more than that. It means they handle more than just chocolate. They handle politics. So, Big rich. what do you think you're going to be doing for Easter? Uh, I'm probably going to... Live another day normal. Try to try to not be broke. Try not to be broke. Yeah, you know. Hopefully by Easter I'm not broke. So did you play Easter Bunny when you were growing up? Yeah, until I was about nine. What did you believe? Because uh, mom told me it wasn't real. Um, and I believed that. Plus, I'd never seen the Easter Bunny. I always be as a child, as an adult. Um, but <laughs> I uh, I never felt believing in like. Santa or the Easter Bunny after like eight nine. That's so. You know, I bet you want to be an Easter egg. Why? Because you'll get like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, funny. Actually, um, birthday when it was Easter. I think that was when I stopped believing Easter Bunny because it was like a whole thing that day. Oh, that's so funny. I, you know, I don't remember uh, torturing you with the Easter Bunny. That's okay. I don't I know remember we, being tortured I know we with it. Did stuff? I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I remember baskets grandson. and stuff. And we go, but now we go to these events and uh, where he can have some fun. But yeah, I remember doing Easter baskets and that. But Easter, I know that we're supposed to go to mass. Yes, to the audience, I am Catholic, and to me, that's always been a day that you're supposed to go to mass. It's never been a day that uh, I mean we've. We've enjoyed the Easter Bunny, but we don't celebrate the Easter Bunny. Sure, I mean, I think it would be silly to do so because 
Um, because, like, all of it's a parable of how religion works, right? Like, the Easter Bunny comes and gives you a gift because you were nice or whatever. Like, that's just... It, it, Not it, in our house, because nobody would get anything. Today's word of the day, the game where we try to gross each other out, piss each other off, or generally undermine each other with a single word. Today's word is... Waddle. Waddle. Yeah. Is that like a waddle, but weirder? No, it's a twaddle, but What's, weirder. How do you do twaddle? Twaddle? It, it's not a twat. Anybody out there who's assuming that that's where the word twat came from, right. that's not it. It literally means idle chatter. Oh. So from now on, I think that... Oh, we're twaddling. We need to twaddle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we need to have a twaddle. <laughs> Somehow that sounds really disgustingly inappropriate. It fits the bill. I think that we should go around telling people, hey, would you like to have a twaddle? Mm-hmm. And see what their reaction Hey, come twaddle is. with us. We just want to have a... Ch- no. <laughs> just want to have a twaddle. Come here. Are you trying to say Twitter? No, a twaddle. No, a twaddle. Come on, you dink. Yep. That's hilarious. We Don't explain. Have... Just make it more insane. That's how it gets funny. And now a word from our overlords. Monkey's paw. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Monkey's Bar, the one-stop shop for all your oddity needs. We got everything from cursed artifacts to Taurus trinkets. Looking for a lucky charm that will bring you wealth and fortune? We've got one, but be careful what you wish for. It might come with some unexpected drawbacks. Or how about a vexatious doll that can bring you luck? Or maybe not. Just make sure you don't break any promises, or you might feel the wrath of the vengeful spirits. <laughs> At the Monkey's Ball, we have almost anything you could imagine. But don't take our word for it. Let's just go and ask this satisfied customer. Hey, Frank, come here for a minute. I need to ask you something. Hey, tell them about the Monkey's Ball. I've been shopping at the Monkey's Ball for years. I've never been disappointed. The tourists and cursed items have brought me both blessings and coices, but it's always an adventure. So come on down to the monkey's ball today and see what kind of treasures await you. Hey, but be warned, sometimes our items come with a price. Like a like a price tag. Uh, aha! The monkey's ball, where every purchase is a gamble. And we're back. Sometimes you have to do something that's really uncomfortable in order to make yourself go forward. And I know, I'm talking about cheating on my life. <laughs> Finding $20 on the ground and not returning it instead of like going into a Safeway and being like, hi, I found $20. There are just moments in life where you have to be an opportunist and not work on your morals. And that's just how life is. You really believe that? I do, yeah. I absolutely Damn, believe I that. I can't believe I gave birth to you. I totally disagree with that. I, I am okay with you disagreeing with that. But I have found in my life I move forward better when I put myself into an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with morality. It's your morality no, but it does, that puts right? you in that because... uncomfortable situation because you're trying to do better. Uh, but I think that when you put yourself into an uncomfortable situation, it gives you an opportunity to work on your morals anyway. I, I think it gives you a window into what you want to be, what you're going to do, and what you have to do now in order to survive. And I totally agree with that last statement, but it kind of uh, contradicts your first statement where basically you said you put morality aside. But I, I do in those moments in order to move forward so that I can learn later okay, that it was Okay, you got to give me bad. an example because my mind is blown. Uh, let's say that someone <laughs> invites me into a circle in which they're doing illicit things, right? Okay. And my goal is to make money, right? So I go into that circle 
And my first goal is to say, hey, do you need me to go to the store and buy you groceries? I can do that for a minor fee. I have a car, you know? Um, what I'm doing in that situation is taking advantage of people who are inebriated in order to make money for myself. And in those moments, you might get inebriated yourself in order to gain that trust. But ultimately, what you're trying to do is make money off of stiffs. So basically what you're saying is your moral compass doesn't have a true north. No, absolutely not. Because like it, it gets to a point where you see an opportunity and you bounce on it before you have the opportunity to think about it. I am a major opportunist. I, you know, early bird gets the worm, but I'm the late mouse that gets the cheese. You feel me? Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but it doesn't sound like a life. It sounds like, it, it just sounds really a hard way to think. It is exhausting because you're always bouncing between really, really uh, stand-up worthy things and really, really messed up things and that's the balance you have to do in your life some people do it differently i had to do it with drug use and people who do drugs that was like my trauma right so where are you at on that now do you have a moral compass i have more of a moral compass than i did because i mean like i just got out of nine months of rehab as you know and like rehabilitation um and so i have all this new knowledge that does help me figure out maybe a true north but ultimately, like, my compass becomes a greed compass at the flip of a switch. That's my downfall. It's the greed and the impulse. So what are you doing about it? I am spending time podcasting so that I don't fuck up. Um, okay, I got to ask this question. Do you feel that I have a moral compass? Yeah, well, I, I feel that you have a moral compass, but I think it's more gray than you think. I... You know, I do things differently, unfortunately. And I've probably hurt some people in the past for the things I've done. And I'm sure of that. I I think that you, ultimately, when you get into rat race, paralyzed in a cage, tomorrow I'm going to be fucked if I don't do something, right? Tomorrow I'm going to be evicted or on the street or whatever, right? I think that in those moments where you need to find work, a new contract, a new thing to do, those moments are when you do what I do. And no, I, I think I just go out and find it. Well, sure, but and I you don't find it differently. To get it or I sure, don't. but there's a fine line between like um, manipulation and um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's when you are able to help a person, but in that moment, you know that you might benefit from it. You're convincing them, however, you are not manipulating them. I'm, I can't find the word for it in my head, but I think there's a fine line between doing that where you, you know, figure out where your options are, figure out where your resources are, and then take advantage of that, and also manipulation where you're actively making sure that people are where your greed is. I think that that's different, right? Wait, influence seems like kind of what I'm looking for, but it's not the word I'm looking for. I can admittedly influence the outcome if I'm desperate enough. Right. That's but that's if, it, though. If, that's what I've I learned. If I feel like that I'm going to hurt or something another person, I won't do it. I have... This is. I think this is where impulse... What is it? Impulsivity? Well, but I have like a, I have like I a little won't. gremlin inside me, you know? Like, that gremlin gets activated and it's all no holds bar. I will admit, I have manipulated you a couple times to protect you. Like when I got I'm sure to the that. hospital, I did the IC. Yep. 
I told you you were sick because I knew you were high and you would believe me. Well, in short. But you I, weren't even sick. I just kept telling you you were sick until you finally believed you were sick so that I could take you to the ER. In short. I, I and imagine. I admit that, and I've never said that to you before, but I did <laughs> No, that's that. okay. I'm, that I'm a, kind of manipulation, I'm, I'm, like a, I'm very convincing and totally capable of, especially I, when you're really high. When I'm problematic, I that's the thing, though, is like that's the gremlin. Uh, Somebody out there, when you think of the word, tell him. We'll just leave I, it off this it, podcast. manipulating, and, and we'll then see. Because he's going to obsess. I'm going to figure this, this You benefit you if someone... And no, listen, 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 listen. When you are able to benefit, like, say... Solicit? No, 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 no. Listen. Well, this no, is, but... This is our conversation. I mean, we have, to, we have to know. I'm going to figure it out. Capitalize is definitely a better Take word. Take advantage of. No, because it's not that. It's not. Take the most of. No. Maximize. No. Goodness. What does it mean? It means to benefit while also helping someone else. Persuasion. Thank you, God. Oh, my God. Is that the only? That the That's word? the word, right? So there's manipulation and there's persuasion, right? You're persuading somebody to. Subterfuge. Right? If you're persuading somebody. You're, you're doing something that might help them, and then initially at the back end is where you benefit from it, right? That's persuasion. It's where you bluff someone. Right, well, in, in order to get what you need when you're in survival mode, right? So, like, right. ultimately, there's manipulation, which is the gremlin, and there's persuasion, which is what I've been doing lately, which has helped a lot. I mean, you can really, I, I don't want to say hoodwink. Because that's wrong. I love that word, hoodwink. <laughs> always makes me think of an owl. I don't want to say that, right? But it, it does help to, uh, like, persuade somebody in order to survive. But when do you feel like that you stop being in the survival mode? There's, there's... I've never stopped. It, it's 24-7. I am always a rat in a cage, despite all my rage. There's a really good article out on yourtimetogrow.com, which I don't usually throw out, but it's fair. Oh, good. Forgive yourself. I've been trying. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's not possible right now. They say right you have now. to acknowledge you're in survival mode, which you've done. Which I've done. You have to take care of yourself and reduce stress and anxiety in your life. Well, that's kind of a joke. Ha! Hello, America. We love America. I am. I am a homeless youth. I am a vagrant. You're not a youth anymore. I hate to tell you. I know. I'm twenty fucking eight. You're going to be twenty nine in a couple weeks. No, I'm going to be twenty eight in a couple weeks. I'm just calling myself twenty eight now. Which you were starting to do. Yup. But you have to create a new action plan and take into account where you are now, what you've gone through, and what you're able to do. Hey, look at that! What did I just say? What did I just say though? But the biggest thing I said that verbatim. Uh, the forgiving myself is not coming right now. That's the thing is I still think that I have a potential to fuck up. I'm not going to forgive myself until I know I'm not going to fuck okay, up. And that's okay, but this action plan I think is pretty intense. I already did an action plan because remember earlier in the podcast when I said exactly that phrase? Almost, I said I need yeah. to worry about where I am now, what I need to do to survive, and where I'm going. And that's exactly it. So yeah. that'll get you out of survival. I mean, it helps to get you out of fight or flight, but then like once you're like in... Uh, the initial mode to like start going and doing you don't know what to do sometimes um that's where the that's where the um paralysis and bad decisions come in so what are you gonna do about those today just okay. today i'm already doing something about it today i'm, I'm here my car. i did clean they, a car thank you by the way uh yep you're welcome i i kind of cleaned house a little bit i think that that helped a lot to start my day with a task um and i you know, 
hung out with you, and that was good. Um, we made a couple of fun commercials, some of which are AI-driven, some of which are just hilarious. Um, How to escape survival mode. Stop number whining. Two, number two, <laughs> stop whining. Hey, you know what? That's There's truth in that. There's though. some truth in that. I, mean, I, like, I meet people all the time that are constantly whining about a hangnail, and I'm like, dude, there's so much worse than so this. There's so much worse than this. That's the thing, too, is like once you experience all that worseness, you kind of really can hang out with that hangnail. Everything um, is not urgent. Well, I, Now, I tend to have an urgency because I like to meet my deadlines, but that's not a survival mode. That's just Mama Ray. Well, and I think it all roots in shame, right? Like, that's why you get the rat cage mode, is that you're ashamed and you're looking for a solution that you can't find options on. And so that's where you stop and can't move, and you're like, what do I do? And um, you don't know what you're going to, like, have the next day, you know? You don't know what you're going to have to do the next day. That That does not help. I think that ultimately... Everything is not urgent, but it, when you're in a mode like this, when you're in a situation like this, it um, everything feels fucking urgent. Everything feels like you need to fix it now, and you cannot. Well, and then you get your back against the wall, and you freeze. Right, and uh, it's fight, flight, uh, but the other ones are freeze and fawn. So how do you keep from freezing? How do you keep... I don't. That's the thing. I do you, do you <laughs> have some calming method you use. I I do a five four three two one, uh, which you can do all the time. It's five things you can see, four you things you can hear, Sometimes three things. Thing yeah. Like, no, we don't. Three things you can smell, two things you can touch, one thing you can taste. I think, and um, I I look for colored things. So like, I'll be like, oh, where are five things that are blue, right? Um, and I can find that. That helps me kind of center myself but mostly music helps because i'm super autistic so having headphones in really just like focuses me in um i can have one headphone in and feel like i am on like adderall or something so because i can focus the first sign was everything is urgent the second one is that you cancel appointments you cancel calls you, you reschedule everything and you say okay i'll do it tomorrow okay i'll do it tomorrow well yeah how do you deal with that um that's a problem because like you uh, I don't deal with that. I just wait to the next day and then get, you know, my ass beat by my non-action in life. I think that that's exactly what happens, and I'm working on that one. So what are you doing to work on it? Uh, sometimes I take a walk. Sometimes I find money. Um, and sometimes I do hoodlum shit like... Uh, like pick a lock because it helps me to value my don't worry people he doesn't pick other people's locks he just our own picks my locks i only pick our own because my it's something safe, to do my doors my i don't i don't fuck with safes anymore but okay funny story he's five years old and i've lost a key to a small safe i have in there and he goes mama let me try and he like in less than a minute he'd gotten that thing open i said well uh, I can do that. He goes, well, I just learned it. I just learned it. And I'm like, oh, my God. And yeah. so he's been picking my Yeah, when I was 15, you used to have a lockbox. I've given up on having a safe. So come and steal it all because I mean, at this point, there's it's no like, safe that will hold in anything it's, in this, this is house. This is where that self-control comes in, right? It's like I don't fuck with safes anymore. But, I, you know, uh, bathroom door, that just fine. Just have a good time. 
and like know that I have valuable skills through the hoodlum shit that I did, and like by the time I'm done with like picking the lock, I feel a lot better because it's taken me out of my head, it's separated me from the thoughts that I had, um, and allowed me to focus in on something that I have to put like actual brain power into. I have to figure you out. Know, I'm gonna get a PO box and ask people to send me. There's their little safes and stuff that they can't get open anymore. I just want to see if somebody could come up with a lock you can't pick. No, absolutely not. Okay, well that's a challenge, folks. No, I mean I, I will get uh, posted on our YouTube and Facebook a. I am a professional. An address that you could send uh, a lock. You can't. Doorknob. It won't. Or a box or anything that you think that he can't open. Please, and I will videotape him trying to open it. Lock boxes that you haven't been able to open for ten years, please include those because I will open them. And oh, I love you. I love you too. You're nut. So uh, the third thing that shows that you're in survival mode is you don't really feel like people can help, or you don't allow them a reasonable amount of time to get the work done. Well, that's uh, the, you they'd know. be able to do it with you, but you you're always in, you're in, you're in crisis mode, and you're pulling them into your crisis mode. It's so things aren't happening. Yeah, well, you know, shame is like a puts everybody in the corner. Um, so does uh, regret and survival mode. You know, like fight or flight does that. That's why you don't include people in your bullshit, and you have to kind of just sit it out because otherwise, you're just gonna fuck other people up with your stress and panic. No, I agree. So the, the fourth one is your stress is overwhelming, which I've seen this in you. Like your sleep's disruptive. Yep. You're at, you know, your heart beats erratically. Yeah, well, Sometimes that's constant. Sometimes you don't seem like you can think straight. You just kind of get, like, confused. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's the and stress, it, right? And, and are you able to will yourself to calm down? No, not usually. Not once it starts. <laughs> so how do you deal with that? How do you, do you go, maybe go into taking a nap? I, I take anxiety medication, and it helps a whole dang lot. Like, it takes my... Anxiety of dying from an 8 to a 2, which is nice. But, you know, I always, in the background, have that little bit of paranoia. And it always spins out just a little bit. And that's what gives me survival anxiety. That makes sense. So one other thing that I've noticed, that, and I'm wondering if this is a survival thing, because I have actually seen this, you have trouble being proactive. Absolutely. You are impulsive. Right. Or proactive. You're, you, I get. I like to be a step ahead of whatever I feel like is coming. Well, like notice to, how we've been talking about paralysis this whole podcast, well, yeah. you know, and I cannot be proactive. That's true. When I'm stressed out, I can't do anything. I feel like I've maybe uh, froze out a like really valid career in perhaps music or production. Uh, for instance, I think that I'm a little late to the party as it goes. Though I'm still learning all of that, working on maybe opening a SoundCloud, that would be cool. I just don't think you could be a survi sustained survival. You mode. can't. It's not sustainable. And it really messes up, like, all of your interpersonal relationships. It messes up just the way that you feel. It messes up how you deal with the day. It messes up whether you even get up off the freaking couch. I can spend time spiraling in my head for two hours and like just be paralyzed in one place and have that time wasted over worries that I can't like deal with that's the problem right like these things are things you can't deal with this second so like why even worry about it I try to keep a worry chair 
And what that is is when I'm sitting in the worry chair, I can worry about shit. But when I leave the worry chair, I leave my worries there. You know what I mean? It doesn't work most of the time, but once in a while it works. I also have like an internal thing that I got taught where it's like you have a vessel. And I have Boris the bear who lives in a like finished basement with a game cabinet. And I go into it this after is in unlocking head, it. And then I open Boris's mouth and I shove in whatever the trauma is. And then I let him eat it, get it into his nice little belly that I can open up like a drawer. And uh, then I lock him up with, like, a lock on his belly. And then I get out of the basement, and I lock the basement, too, so that I can spread myself from these thoughts. It's just like a therapy thing that they recommend where you have a container for your trauma. So my container is Boris the Bear, and he has a little funny hat that has a little, like, doobel on the top that spins, you know? He's got (laughs) big, big brown bear. Uh, so this is how you try to dig yourself. Yeah, these are all like things I've been taught over the period of nine months that um, can help once in a while um, if I really try my best to like be into it. Sometimes it's just like, oh, this is so campy. I feel like this is just gross. Uh, you just feel like nothing's working, but once in a while, those methods do help. You know, the Rosin Institute uh, wrote that you have to stop whining it says odds are it's rooted in a triad, too little time to do too much, prices are too low, a lack of quality client. That actually applies to human beings, too, because it says stop consoling yourself with I tried my best. That doesn't matter. There will be no A for effort. Right. You know, do do or do not, there is no try, right? Yes. That's, that's the problem. So they write, stop complaining, move forward. Let's talk more action, stay positive. Ugh says, bring mistakes to the surface. Now, I think that would be really difficult, but it says survival well, mode is a breeding ground for mistakes, missed deadlines, lost progress. Correct. That's why I always, like, point out when I fuck up, like, or when I mess up, you know? I point out when I mess up because I find that it's better to have it out than in. Once you have it out, you don't have to worry about it inside because you've already put it outside. And it helps to be uh, transparent with people, especially when you're making big mistakes. So I find that I feel a lot better when I share those big mistakes instead of when I hide them. And you said earlier that you weren't ready to forgive yourself. But honestly, I've, I've forgiven myself for stuff I did in my 20s. I just don't forget what I did. Well, right. You have to honor those mistakes so that you can don't move forward them. in a yeah, like in a positive way. I, I do agree with that. And reality checking, that's that's big for me. I like that that says that um, because, like, sometimes I'll be, like, in a bad mental space and I'll be like, hey, is this the thing that's happening? Like, does this person feel this about me? Or is this, like, something you feel too? Did you see what I see? Did you hear what I hear? Like, all of these things I do to get feedback so that I know I'm either not crazy or that I'm, like going in a right track, right? Like, that my brain's working properly. Because sometimes people will be like, yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Or sometimes people will be like, no, that's a little bit weird, and I'm sorry you feel that way. And then in those moments, I know where I need to work on it. And I know that I'm not in danger. I'm not, like, being judged or, you know, like, messed around with. I always do that. I have to. Yep, and this is when you implement the new plan for your life. Dug yourself out of a hole. 
keeping your head above water is really hard when you're always drowning. <laughs> exactly. But with the, that goes back to the stop focusing on the drowning and start focusing on the swimming. For sure. It's... And I know it sounds easier than it is. Yep, I did, well, I, I mean, this is the thing. is like, it's not easy. It's simple, you know? Yes. It's simple, but it's not easy. It's not. It's simple, but it's not easy. No, worrying won't fix the problem because there's nothing do. to do we... about worrying. And we do become paralyzed. We become paralyzed. And, you know, it's imperative that you start moving. Thinking about moving won't fix it. Only right. doing the moving will fix it. Right. And this is what you've got to do. You've got to choose every moment of every day to dig yourself out a little bit more. You know, just a little bit. Sure. Because it's almost like digging yourself out of a six-foot hole with, with a teaspoon. Uh-huh. So you just do a little more today a little more today little well and that's the today. thing right you just do the next right thing yeah i, I love that you have that I, idea to do the next right thing because like even if you do something wrong you can always do the next right thing and start that progress again you I never lose that. that progress all you do is skip a beat like once you skip a once you see it that way where it's like oh i skipped a beat but i know what rhythm i need to be in you know, like, that's where it really, like, functions. That's where it really gets, like, easier to deal with things like, in my case, um, dependence, you know? Yeah. Um, addiction. That sort of thing gets a lot easier when you can focus on, oh, well, I skipped a beat, but I can just move to the rhythm. Getting off track enables us to get on track. Is you're on a trajectory of survival mode. Right. So getting off that track allows you to get on a new track and get on the right well, track. Well, and it, like if you look at a graph, it's not going to look like an, a perfect straight line up. It's going to look like a mountain field, you know? It's going to look like a, it's going to look, you know, very jagged. I think getting off track is valid in getting on track because I agree with that statement. I think that when you get off track, you remember what you were on track for and you just bounce right back on. Thank you so much for the day. And, uh, of course. And we will talk soon again. Hi, Thank this you. has been Fruit Punch Podcast. And again, my name is Lucas. I'm with Mama Ray, my producer. Get us on our socials and uh, let us know uh, what you think, what you like, and what we can do next. Have a wonderful day. Have a great day. Woo!